Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. My name is Travis Crawford, and I knew my signature would be important to me when I was eight years old. I didn't know what I was going to do back then, but I knew my signature had to be badass. It had to be something I could be proud of. So I took a piece of paper out and thought about it. What's my signature going to look like? Now, Travis is actually my middle name, so I worked out a way to connect the J into the T and swoop right into the C. And when I finally got the one that I liked, I did it over and over and over again in my notebook. It had to be muscle memory. Three decades later, the same signature goes on every Travis Crawford certified seal, every install, every repair, and my signature is exactly the same. I mean, the penmanship is better, don't get me wrong, but the signature stands, and more important, it stands for something, just like I thought it would when I was eight years old. Turns out the kid was right. Travis Crawford, HVAC.com. Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast. Dave Young here with Stephen Semple. And I I seem flustered because usually Stephen hits the, the record button. I get a five-second countdown. And right during that, he tells me what we're going to talk about. And he said nothing this morning. He said nothing. Like he just got this smug grin and didn't <laughs> say a god dang word. <laughs> What's going on, Stephen? Well, so I want to ask you this. Can you finish this phrase? The greatest thing since... Sliced bread. There you go. Sliced bread. The greatest thing since sliced bread. That's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Sliced bread. Yeah. And specifically, the first bread to be sold nationwide pre-sliced was Wonder Bread, Mm. which was Mm -hmm. done back in the 1930s. But the earliest record I could find for sliced bread being sold was clean made bread from Jakoff Baking Company in 1928. I managed to find this little obscure newspaper ad talking about that. But basically, the first nationwide company to do it was uh, was Wonder Bread. But Wonder Bread was first introduced as non-sliced on May 21st, 1921 by the Taggart Baking Company in Indianapolis. I mean, I think about that, and you'd have to have a pretty dang good knife to slice a freshly baked loaf of Wonder Bread. Yeah, it was actually quite a technological challenge. Mm-hmm. So, but what was going on, if we think back to the early 1920s, is supermarkets were exploding on the scene. And that was really changing the way people shopped. You know, they were now going to one place to buy food, where traditionally they went to a baker for bread, they went to a butcher for meat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now they're mm-hmm. going all to one place. And also larger regional and national players started to emerge instead of everything being local. And, you know, we are also having the industrial revolution coming on the scene. So this heavily impacts bakeries. Like you start seeing bakeries starting to have factory style production. So industrials start looking at bakeries and and mergers start to form. And we start seeing all these mergers going on and these national bakeries come on the scene. There's this Gentleman Lee Marshall, who's heading up Continental Bakery, and he starts to consolidate all sorts of bakeries under his brand. Here's the problem. He's so good at that that he gets nailed by antitrust, and they actually break up 
continental bakery. Bake up big bread. <laughs> yeah, big bread. But at this point, Lee knows where the industry is heading. And he sees that there's this big pivot towards white bread. And white bread at this point had traditionally been seen as a luxury item for the rich because the process of making the wheat for it was quite difficult until it was able to be industrialized. And he comes across this bread, Wonder Bread, made by Taggart Bakery. And in 1925, he buys Taggart Bakery. And it also came along with Hostess. So it was Wonder Bread and Hostess. But the Wonder Bread's unsliced. And here's the problem. Wonder Bread is incredibly soft. It's this soft white bread that gets, you know, kind of butchered when you start trying to slice it. Yeah, like I say, you, you you better have a laser sharp knife. Yeah. He decides what he's going to do is he's going to create the technology for slicing this bread. And it, yeah, it's super sharp steel, tons of trial and error. The technology was actually quite revolutionary, but it suddenly made bread super convenient. Yeah. Right? Because even a kid could just take out a slice and make themselves a sandwich or whatever. And sales rise 300% with the introduction of sliced Wonder Bread. That'll pay for the uh, the slicing machine. So long comes 1936, and most bakeries have adapted this technology, and 90% of commercial breads at this point are sliced. But here's the next challenge. So white flour used to be a delicacy, and now it's widely available, and it has become super popular. But the problem is all the nutrients are stripped away in the process of making white flour. And a disease called pellagra, which is basically a deficiency of vitamin D, starts becoming a really, really big problem. It's mm. actually one of the most severe dietary deficiencies in American history. And white bread comes under attack. And it's the 1930s, which is a period where there's lots of research starting to go into nutrition. And Wonder Bread sales start to tank. Okay. But Lee Marshall notices something. And he notices that vitamin D is being put into milk. At this time. Ah, yes. And he asked the question, why not bread? Why not? I know the word. It became a part of the, the label, right? It's enriched bread. Right. So he saw this huge opportunity and again, cutting edge technology. And he launches an enriched Wonder Bread with eight added nutrients. Vitamin D, of uh -huh. course, being one of them. So now Wonder Bread is now being seen as a health food. <laughs> And within a few years, 75% of all breads are now enriched. 1942 comes along, World War II breaks out, food supplies become a challenge, and Lee Marshall is recruited by the government to manage food supplies. And supply shortages create these huge problems, but also opportunities. So one of the brands that they had, remember when they bought Wonder Bread, they also got Hostess? Hostess, yeah. Well, one of the things was Twinkie. Okay. And Twinkie had been around for 17 years, but Twinkie was originally, instead of it being vanilla cream, which it is today, it was bananas that mm. was in it. But bananas became in really short supply, so they replaced it with vanilla cream, and suddenly Twinkie sales exploded because everybody actually liked the vanilla cream better than the bananas. Yeah, just give me something sickly, sugary sweet. Yeah. Now, yeah. what really caught me about this whole story was how innovative Marshall was. He saw pivot the white bread. He purchased the white bread. He suddenly said, let's make this more convenient. And he did the slicing. Then white bread comes under attack and he does the enrichment to it. Well, you had one last really big innovation. So it's 1948 and TV is exploding onto the scene. 
So mm-hmm. what does Marshall decide to do? He advertises on TV things like Twinkie and Snowballs and Wonder Bread being the big one yeah. aimed at children on the Howdy Doody show in December of 1947. Wow, that, that is early TV. Really early TV. And also this whole idea of, look, so many places, well, well you have to, tar- it's the parents who, who buy, so you target the parents. He's like, no, I'm going to target the children. And if the children want Wonder Bread, the parents are going to buy Wonder Bread. It's so often we forget about the influencers, right? Mm-hmm. In the Howdy Doody show, the products are injected right into the show, and eventually you see all sorts of other food companies do this. Eventually everyone's doing it. And by 1995, Continental Baking was sold the Hostess brands for $550 million. But I found it really interesting. You just looked at bakeries and Wonder Bread, and you know you would not normally think innovation when looking at a product like that. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Nice one. Thanks. We should do this more often, man. I wish we could. And why can't we? It's my business. What about it? Thought everything was good. It was. Do I hear a but in there? Sales have started to flatten and we're down over last year. Oh. Can't figure it out. Tried a bunch of stuff. Putting in more time doesn't seem to make a difference. Yikes. It's frustrating. Have you spoken to Steven? Who? The host. From the podcast we just interrupted? No. Why not? I thought you were trying stuff. I am, but what's Steven going to do? He'll work with you for free. You mean that starter session thing? Yep. I don't know. What do you have to lose? Not much, I guess. So, you going to book one? Yeah, why not? Where do I do it again? I think you can do it right from this podcast. Cool. Thanks. You bet. We really should do this more often. Golf more or interrupt this podcast? Over to you, Dave. Book your starter session on this podcast website. Just visit theempirebuilderspodcast.com and click on Get Started. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. You know what you also don't think about is this was a a high-end product that the rich were buying. (laughs) Yeah, white bread was a luxury good. Yeah. Initially, yeah. And, uh, you know, poor people are are using uh, just plain old flour and making their own... Frankly, eating a healthier product. Uh, Exactly, (laughs) yes. Ironically. They just had to bake it themselves and slice it themselves. and uh, yeah. yeah. But Lee Marshall, you know, is interesting because even the whole idea of enriching the flour, you know, mm-hmm. he got the idea from looking at milk. So, well, this is interesting. Yeah. Look, they've done this with milk. Why can't we do this with bread? So it's this whole idea of, you know, looking outside and being innovative and, you know, Making the product more convenient by pre-slicing it and then, you know, being an early adapter of advertising on television to kids. You know, just lots of lots of little things he did. I mean, and here here's a guy that's just open to innovation, right? Yeah. He didn't get stuck in the, well, that's how we, that's the original recipe. That's how we make it. And, you know, maybe we package some vitamin D supplements along with it or something, right? But we're not changing the recipe. Right. You know, so uh, even the slicing. Right. You, yeah. you could look at that and say, oh, well, this falls along with just helping people realize how fresh and good it is. If we slice it, then what? Right. Right. You remove the friction for people. Yes. And that's what slicing a loaf of bread does. Right. Like you said, it makes it easy for a child to reach into the bag and grab a couple slices of bread. Right. And off they go. And off they and go. You go through bread a lot faster. 
if you let your children just open the bag and grab some bread. Yeah, smart absolutely. Guy. This is a absolutely. smart guy. Yeah. Again, what I found interesting on it is you wouldn't normally look at a product like Wonder Bread and go, wow, there was actually a fair bit of innovation and smart moves and things along along that line. You just, you know, you don't think of it that way today. But in the early days of Wonder Bread, they did a bunch of really interesting, innovative things. Yeah. Ahead of their time. It's a wonder they didn't invent the iPod. (laughs) (laughs) But they are the greatest thing since. Sliced bread. (laughs) And peanut butter. (laughs) I mean, because where are you going to put peanut butter except sliced bread? Well, and if you remember when we did the episode, I forget which number it was, but we went back and took a look at the father of peanut butter. Like he changed the packaging of peanut butter when they launched Skippy to make it easier for kids to get the peanut butter out because of noticing that... What kids were now doing were making their own peanut butter and jam sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a story worth remembering. And it's worth thinking about in your business when you start looking for friction between your product, your service, and and your customers. Yeah, how to make it easier. How to make it easier, make it better for them, make it more convenient, make it so they buy more, all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. It's a cool story. Absolutely. It was not an easy piece of technology. It took them a number of years to get it figured out. Have you ever seen one of those machines? Like I've I've seen them on like how it's made or uh, you you could go go to YouTube and type in bread slicing machine. I'm sure you'll find 50 videos oh, yeah. that show it. But like yeah, yeah, a whole array of razor sharp knives going 100 miles an hour and bread being just lobbed through them basically. And then the machine even has to be able to slide it into the plastic bag and seal the bag. It's mm-hmm. really quite something else. Yeah. I've always been fascinated with the, the food processing process. I know a guy who we've had just brief conversations. He's a Wizard Academy guy and uh, one of our whiskey psalms. He sells machinery that like can deconstruct chickens and pigs. And, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> yep. <laughs> All that. It's like, oh, fascinating things. This whole notion of lowering the friction. Yeah, and how you take things apart and put them back together again. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right, cool. Thanks, David. Thank you, Stephen. Great story. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the empirebuilderspodcast.com.